In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, uh, I'm going to talk about um, realistic expectations for therapy. I know a lot of people have gone to therapy, some maybe have not, but I'm going to talk about what, what your realistic expectations should be when you walk in, especially if you've never been before, you might not know. So we're going to talk about that. And as usual, I'm giving away a bunch of free stuff. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is going on, my friends? This is David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist, and we are back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. Thanks for joining me this well, whenever you're listening, unless you're on Facebook Live right now, it's a Friday evening. So uh, thanks for joining us and thanks for listening in. We are in the Podcast Your Voice Southfield Studios. The ever-evolving. Ma- the ever-evolving, the, ever the, the palatial <laughs> Southfield Studios. <laughs> That's right. With me is Jamie tonight. Matt, Matt, Matt's having a good time in New York, I guess. That is, so, I got to yeah. tag in when he's yeah. off, having yep, shenanigans. That's cool. Yeah, Jamie's joining me, so I appreciate it. Thanks for hopping in, Jamie, mm-hmm. with your Friday evening. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's not too late. You still got plenty of time to get, get stuff done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, folks, thanks for listening in. Let me tell you where you can find me. My website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. All kinds of cool stuff on the website, including uh, links and contact information. And um, if you're if you're looking to book a show, especially for the spring, um, hop on that now. Uh, give me a call. I've I've already lined up. I probably have 10, 10, 12 shows scheduled already for April, May, June. So if you're um you know if you're if you're one of the parents on the high school committee for your all night party or your post prom party. Um, Jump to the website, or or you can hit me up on social media, which I'll provide for you in a moment. But uh, shows shows are booking up quick, so which is a good thing. I'm sure you're probably back on back in uh, show mode, right, Jamie? As far as DJing. Oh yeah, actually, it's winding down, coming into November. Well, yeah, yeah. For, for this season, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, from June until now, I think I might have had like three free weekends. Oh wow! It's just been, okay, so you've been back back to like typical schedule then. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> more and then some. That's awesome. There, there's your bell for you since we got the bell <laughs> so let me tell you folks on my social media my facebook and youtube are both motor city hypnotist and twitter and instagram and snapchat are all motor city hypno that's h-y-p-n-o so feel free to hook up with me on social media you know uh, facebook page uh, youtube um all those cool things. Pretty much all of, all the social media. Um, not on. I'm trying to think what I'm not on. No, pretty much all the important ones. I mean, you know, grinder. <laughs> grinder. No, no, yeah, not, no, no, not, no. Not, not, not on grinder. Uh, Twitch. Not do, on. Do not you, on Tinder. No. Do you Twitch? No, I don't Twitch. I, Twitch I, I, I do. Uh... I do watch some um, um, 
here and there I'll jump on a Twitch stream of somebody yeah. of if you know if somebody's I, I playing know, a D- game that I like or right, something. Right. But, yeah, yeah, DJs and gamers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Big, it's great. Yeah. It's a great platform. Oh no, no. I I I've enjoyed. It. I, I you know I, like I said if it's a game I'm into I I'll jump on there and watch that. So that's awesome. And as usual, folks, we're giving away my free hypnosis guide that's available on every episode in the show notes. Just check that out. And, uh, you know, I, I usually throw a couple other good things in there. I think last time we were throwing in, I don't know, there was hypnosis for insomnia or something. Uh, but I'll throw something else in the show notes as well for you to grab. Um, so, yeah, that's awesome. Hit me up on social media. Book a show because they're going quick, especially for the spring. And uh, if, if you happen to be uh, any of those people who are in the... Um, if you're booking for like um, casinos or hotels or or company uh, company events, um, hit me up there as well too. Because uh, you know I'm always looking to do company shows. Those are always fun. You know, company outings or you know team building or or you know uh, motivational speaking. We can do that too. And, and he'll all make kinds of and he'll things. make your boss cluck like a chicken. Yeah, exactly. I can make your <laughs> boss look like a fool. So so yeah, book me book me immediately for that. Today's episode is brought to you by Empower Your Mind for Success, A Hypnotic Guide. This is my new book. It's been out for approximately, I don't know, a little over two months now. I think the published date was actually in August. Um, But it is a kind of does exactly what it says. It's empowering your mind for success. And it gives you some uh, definite uh, uh, actionable items that you can work on, things that you may have... uh, may have developed bad bad habits over the years in your thinking and that's the really the purpose of the book is to change that um because uh in order to make changes you have to change how you think about it and that's what this book is about and you can find that on amazon and barnes and noble online you can also get it at your local bookstore if they don't have it on the shelf they are will be able to order it um all the bookstores get their books from the same place which is ingram spark so uh yeah, if you, if you don't see it, ask them for it, and they'd be able to, to get it for you. If you do pick it up, and I would appreciate if you did, if you could please leave me a review on Amazon. That's very helpful. I think I have like seven reviews right now, um, which is not bad. But uh, the more reviews I have, the more people see it. And uh, yeah, uh, it just helps me sell more books and get out to more people. And the other thing is wherever you're listening to the podcast, um, whether it's on whatever platform you're on, whether it's iTunes, uh, you know, uh, Spotify, wherever it is, either connect or join or accept or link, whatever the thing is on your podcast platform to subscribe to the show. Because that way you get the RSS feed, you get the podcast when they come out, and it'll just automatically download your device and you can listen to it at any time. And also... When you do that, also leave a review because that also helps the podcast get out to other people and and expand my audience, which is kind of the whole idea. So I think I covered all the cool stuff, all all the necessary stuff. It's time for our winner of the week. That's how winning is done. So I always find these interesting stories, and, and they're always, again, they're always something positive, or try to be anyway. Um, so there were hikers trapped in a waterfall, a waterfall pool. So, mm-hmm. so that, that's kind of the, the, the gist of the story. So there were some Sikh hikers, you know, Sikh is an, uh, an Indian um, 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 
I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the name for it, but but it's a it's a it's a religion, but it's it's a but these Sikhs were in in the, okay. were on a hike, so um, I'll kind of read just from the beginning. And uh, in, in Sikhi, we are taught to help someone in any way we can with anything we have, even our turban. Hiker Kuljinder Kinda said, "Okay." So five hikers in British Columbia, Canada, used their turbans to save two men on their trail when the pair unexpectedly fell into a pool below a waterfall. Kuljinder Kinda and his four friends were hiking in the Golden Ears Provincial Park on October 11th when the group nearby told them two men had slipped on a rock, fell into the pool, and could not get themselves out. Um, video of last week's incident is now being shared widely after Kinda posted his recording on WhatsApp and made its way to the hiking channels. Kinda said that people who stopped by to help asked them to call emergency services, but they didn't have a cell phone service. That's when they came up with the idea to create a rope out of their turbans. One of five articles worn by Sikhs as a headdress, usually made of cotton, that protects their uncut hair. Um... We were trying to think how we could get them out, but we didn't know how to, Kinda, an, an electrician originally from Punja, India, who is Sikh, told NBC. So we, walked, so we walked for about 10 minutes to find help and then came up with the idea to tie our turbans together. So Kinda and his friends removed their turbans and other articles of clothing to securely knot the fabric together and create a 10-meter, about a 33-foot, wow. makeshift rope to safely pull the two men back onto the trail. After making the rope, they threw it down to the men and instructed them to tighten it before pulling themselves up. And again, in Siki, he said, we are taught to help anyone in any way we can. Um, so Kinda said he and his friends were, weren't scared for their safety at the moment. We just really cared about the safety of the men. The two men thanked Kinda and his friends before leaving. Their identities are currently unknown. Um, then it goes into there. There's a. I, I guess warning signs along this trail, not to be careful, and, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and apparently maybe these other hikers couldn't read. <laughs> not as careful as they should have been. It's uh, I, I had heard of the, I heard of that story, and yeah. the, the interesting thing is that because uh, that's kind of like a, a religious thing. It's kind of right. sacred for so yes, for them to take it to off, take it off, yes, to be able to help other people, mm-hmm. not of their religion and not of their tribe. Right, absolutely, um, was a, a, a real you know giving thing. Right, for them. right, and and yeah, and and. Um, um, our, we have a psychiatrist at work who is Sikh, and he oh, okay. he, he wears his turban to work. And um, I've talked to him about the the beliefs and and kind of what things mean. And and yeah, it's it's uh, but yeah, to, to take that off, it's it's something that is kind of sacred to them. Yeah, but yeah, in yeah. order to help people, they do what they thought was right. Yeah. So that that's that's just a really cool story. Amazing guys. Yeah, it's cool. So the hikers have been praised for their heroism and their quick response. Sikh community of British Columbia shared the video on Twitter and said kudos to these young men for their quick thinking and selflessness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's an awesome story. Cool story. And, uh, yeah, awesome. Awesome. Winners of the week for sure. That's how winning is done. Yes, sir. Oh, so there we go. Back to it. <laughs> I, I couldn't get my click on the computer. There's a little delay there. Amy and Alan checking in as always. <laughs> oh, Amy, my sister Amy and Alan's checking in. Alan, yeah, hope yeah. you're doing well. He said he just finished oh, the book. Oh, thanks, Alan. Just finished the book. Um, I, I, that'd be great. I appreciate the review, Alan, if you do that. Uh, hello to my sister Amy. Thanks. Thanks for checking in. And Alan, I always have to check in. 
on Friday night. What the fuck are you <laughs> doing? I know. Alan always says Friday is taco night, which I would always think Tuesday would be taco night, but but he he makes it Friday, so good for him. Yeah, I appreciate it, Alan. Um, I'm glad you liked the book. I'm I'm glad you got it and glad you liked it, so appreciate it. So we're talking today about realistic expectations for therapy. Now, I know a lot of people out there have have maybe been to therapy. Some maybe have not, but but I want to try to set out and and kind of explain, because I think a lot of people who haven't been... That, that maybe they don't know what to expect or they don't know how this whole process works. I mean, most probably the most exposure people have had to therapy are TV shows and movies. And of course, it's like, I kind of compare it. I make this analogy. It's kind of like if you watch a TV show or a movie that has a courtroom drama. It's never really accurate because it's got to be condensed to make the point of what the show is trying to do. So, so it's never really true to life. And I think a lot of the therapy that you see portrayed is, again, it, it's condensed and, and it just hits on specific things that they want, ideas they want to get across. So I want to go through and, and kind of set up what, what should be your realistic expectation if you go to see a therapist. So that way you're not, uh, I don't know, maybe not surprised or maybe not disappointed or, or whatever, whatever it is. So, so these are the things that, that you should, th- these are realistic expectations. And, and if you don't get these things, it's definitely something that you may want to consider. Well, am I seeing the right therapist or is this somebody that's good for me? But the first thing is, and this is, this is an expectation you should have, expect a safe, nurturing, and neut- neutral space in which to explore your thoughts and feelings. And when, when I talk about safe, nurturing, and neutral it would not be a great thing if you said something and the therapist said, oh my God, why would you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the reason not be... I'm not a therapist. <laughs> well, yeah. The, well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because my, my, my wife is not a therapist. She's, she's married to one, but um, she, she always, she'll make a joke and I, I know she'll be fine with it, but uh, she'll say, um, um, yeah, I'm not the therapy type. I don't have the empathy for that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's why I am. So, uh, but yeah, uh, you have to have a, a safe and nurturing place where you're not going to be judged, and that's one of the big things. I think people they're used to being judged by people around them. They're used to being um, having to live up to expectations of of family and friends, and sometimes you you, you kind of expect that to come from everyone. So so. If you see a therapist, it should be a nurturing, safe, neutral space and non-judgmental. You should be able to talk about whatever you need to talk about without worrying about being judged. So, so expect that. And if you don't get that, then, then you're not in the right place or you're not with the right therapist. And it's just not a good fit. And, and I've said this, I say this to clients all the time, um, that we, every profession has bad apples. You know, whether it's doctors, attorneys, plumbers, whatever, whatever it is. And therapists are no different. So a lot of times you might get, a, you, you call a place, you get assigned a therapist, you see them, and it just is not right. So so be sure that you're getting what you need out of that relationship. And and you as, as a client have the right to say, oh, I, I want to see somebody different. You, you, you can say no. Let's say that. Um, the second expectation you should have is a variety of feelings. And when I say that, is, is therapy is, is going to be a lot of ups and downs. It's not always going to be fun. 
it's not always going to be difficult. You can probably expect a mix of both, but it's going to be ups and downs. And I, I kind of say it's kind of like the stock market. If it progressively goes up, it's not a direct line. It's ups and downs, but eventually the progress goes up. So I, I kind of say, and it's not a linear process. It's not point A to B in a straight line, but you're going to have some ups and downs in that. Um, some sessions will be difficult and it may get worse before it gets better. But know that as long as you're making overall progress, that is the whole point of it. So, so expect to have those times where you're in a session that's very difficult. It may be emotional. It may be, you know, you might not feel good when you finish, but the point is you're, you're making progress towards what you want to achieve. Um, and I know for a lot of people, I've had clients that's, um, I'll, I'll try to make, if we had a tough session, I'll try to make the next one a little bit lighter. So it's not constantly just that, you know, you know, that, that heavy emotional hard work. Um, so again, expect that expect a variety of feelings and ups and downs during your sessions. And I think Amy said it's Jordan's birthday. Say happy, happy birthday to Jordan. I know we posted it, but, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Amy say, happy, tell him happy birthday. Um, the next expectation you should have is that your therapist will be a guide. They're going to provide you tools and techniques for, for helping you with what you want to achieve. Now, here's the big thing. A lot of people will go into it thinking your therapist has all the answers. We don't. I, I, as much as I like to think about it. All that money I, you paid for that degree. I, I don't have all the answers. They didn't give you the answer key. you no more. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the brain like a chicken. Yeah, it's it's, and nobody does. Nobody has all the answers, and and it's not going to be like like I I'm I'm on this this I I have this this uh, you know insane wisdom that I can impart on you and and make everything better. It doesn't work that way. And everybody's answer is going to be different. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Um, so so know that that your therapist is not there to save you and and that's the other big thing because and and we get into the psychological terms of transference and countertransference in a in a therapy relationship the big thing to know is that your therapist is not there to save you they're there they're there as a guide to get you from point a to b or where you want to get to um there are and i've seen it in the past i've been doing this almost over 30 years now and I've seen a lot of therapists who will, how can I say, they'll foster dependence in clients, which is never a good thing. You don't want to be dependent on your therapist. And and when I say that, it, it sounds a little bit cold, and, and I don't mean it to be, but you shouldn't have access to your therapist 24 hours a day to call them whenever you need to. And I've seen that happen with therapists before. I, I've seen them be available at three in the morning if a client's in crisis or if... Or, and, and as far as if you're talking about an outpatient therapy setting, that's not what therapists do. They're there to, to spend time with you once or twice a week, whatever that schedule is, and to help you during that time. So they're not there, there to save you. They don't have all the answers. They're there as a guide. Um, and, and, I, and I know it may not fit totally, but it's kind of analogies like, you know, people who climb Everest. I, I have this fascination with Everest ever, ever since I was a kid. And, um, that's why they hire Sherpas. They're their guides. They, they, they show them the way and they, they follow them. And it's difficult, but, but the Sherpas are there to help them along, to get them to the top and help them summit, not die. <laughs> that's that's, that's the other big thing. That's good. the other big thing. Boy, that escalated quickly. 
I mean, that really got out of hand fast. But, but see your therapist as a guide, somebody that can lead you and, and help you through that journey. And that's the whole point of it. Um, next expectation is that you need to have patience and commitment to get the most out of your therapy. So a lot of people want things fixed immediately. Like, I want to go in, um, you know, two sessions later, they said, well, why isn't everything better? Come on. Uh, you know, I... I I want it to be better right now. And, and it unfortunately doesn't work that way. Now you might have, you might have something that after a first session, you might feel better because you address something or, or you gain some insight into something, but you have to have patience. And, and the big, the other big thing is commitment. Cause here's what happens a lot. I'll get a new client. We'll have an intake session, schedule it. I see the client, get their information intake is kind of discovery process finding out what's happening what their goals are kind of what they're looking to do and then nothing schedule next appointment no call no show they it's like they disappear and they weren't committed to the process they knew they wanted to do something and they did call to make that first appointment but then they just bailed on it they didn't have that commitment to follow it through and and I know sometimes things come up, people get busy, but it should be like anything else. If you're committed to the process, you need to be totally committed to it. And know that that it's not just going to come to you. It's it's you're not going to just um, you're not going to want to do this every week necessarily. Now you may you may enjoy the process as far as knowing that you're improving yourself, and that can help you get motivated to do it. But you need patience and commitment to get the most out of the therapy. Um, I, I, again, another analogy, it's like going to the gym. You're, you're not going to work out one day and reach your fitness goals. I mean, as nice as that would be, that's, that's just not going to happen. If the pill was there, I'd be picking it. Yeah, I would too. I mean, but we know that's not going to happen. Um, so it takes commitment and patience and just know that that's a, that's an expectation you should have. So here's a tough one, and this is where people get have difficulty uh, many times, is that in therapy, the therapist sometimes will point out maybe flaws in your thinking or maybe things that you shouldn't be doing or unhealthy uh, patterns that you have. So expect to be challenged on things because here's the thing. You might not be aware of these issues. Um you know, in general, I'll, 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 years back, so no names, no names involved. Um, and it wasn't even a client. It was somebody I worked with at a job when I was in, I think I was in grad school. So, so this woman was just very like, um, very closed off, very like, like non-communicative, very withdrawn. It seemed, but everybody around thought, man, this this woman's a bitch. I mean, that that's really kind of the thought because she was like, again, very stern, never smiled, didn't talk a lot to anybody, would just pass you and not even like glance at you. So later on, I don't know how long it was, maybe weeks, maybe some months, I, I got to know this woman a little bit and it was just the total opposite. She had such low self-esteem that she just didn't feel comfortable interacting with people because she was so like, like, like nervous and anxious that she just couldn't, she felt that she it was very difficult for her to communicate to people. And it was the total opposite of what people were thinking. So you can have those assumptions, put it this way. She wasn't aware she was coming off like that to her. She was just keeping to herself. 
She was just just withdrawn and didn't want to interact because it made her anxious. She had no idea that's what she was portraying to other people. So in the process of therapy, your, your therapist may challenge you on your thinking process. Um, I've had clients before, um, for example, I, I, I worked inpatient substance abuse for a while, and that was my internship, actually. It was before I graduated. And um, I would have clients that come in that I would see, and they would say, okay, um, yeah, I, I, I want to quit drinking, um, but I still go to the bar every Friday night with my friends, which is where I always drank before. And I'm like, well, that's, that's probably not a good idea. I mean, I can't say that you, you – I'm not saying you can't do that. But why put yourself in a situation where you're more likely to fail? That 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 doesn't make sense to me. And and some clients would be like, "Oh yeah, you're probably right about that." Like 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 they wouldn't get it themselves. But when I challenged them on it, they kind of realized, "Yeah, that that's probably not probably not a good idea." So uh, beware, expect to be challenged if something comes up. Um. Here, here's a tough one. Expect to focus on progress and improvement and not get stuck about things that are wrong. Now, people have, and, I, and I'll maybe go off in a soapbox a little bit, but people like to bitch. People like to complain. People like to, to point out everything that's wrong. <laughs> I never in their used lives. to be that guy. <laughs> I know. I've become that guy. Does it come well, with age? I think it does because my wife, my wife will sometimes say, I'll, I'll just say something. She'll be like, you're like a crotchety old man. You're just like, a, you know, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um. No, <laughs> no, don't shut me up. Yeah. But, but it, that happens sometimes. And, and sometimes we get so stuck on things that are wrong, we're not seeing that we're not focused on the progress and improving ourselves. We just bitch about the things that are wrong. Um, and you see it a lot. And, and again, I'm not anti-social media. You see it a lot there. I mean, look at, you know, look in your friends list and look at some of the posts and it's just complaining. It's just bitching about everything. And, and, and I say this to clients, I'm like, listen, you can complain all day, but unless you take action to change it, then no, nobody cares. Nobody cares what you're complaining about. So focus on the progress and improvement and not all of the things that are wrong. Another expectation, you'll need to do work. It's like anything else. And we go back to the working out analogy. You could show up at the gym and just sit on a bench for an hour, but it's not going to do you any good. You have to put the work in. And therapy is not a passive process. It's not something you just sit and let the therapist just magically wave a wand and you expect results. So you have to do the work. So expect to work when you go to therapy. Um, it's not passive. Um, expect now, and, and, and for, for good therapists, you, you, you would expect this. Expect accountability from your therapist. So part of the idea of outpatient therapy or, or regular therapy, let's say it's weekly. Most of my sessions with my clients are weekly or biweekly. Um, so if, if we talk about something and I say, hey, I, what I want you to do is, and this is just an example that I use at times, I want you to write down every time you're angry and I want you to tell me about the situations and keep a list of that. And we're going to talk about that next time. And if the client shows up to the next session and they didn't do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold them accountable to that. I'm gonna like, well, I think this is going to be helpful for you. So, if, so you may get resistance and, and know that your therapist, if they're good, they're going to hold you accountable to that. And I've had a lot of clients tell me it helps because I know I'm going to be talking to you that I need to be trying these things that you're telling me because I know you're going to ask me about them. So it's, a, it's accountability just like anything else. Um, 
you know, if you work in any type of, of, I don't know, any type of corporate job, you probably have specific criteria you need to meet. That's how they measure your performance. It's accountability. Because if you weren't accountable, who would work? <laughs> you would just, I don't know, you just have coffee all day and chat with your friends. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, who, who would, <laughs> nobody would work if they didn't have to, if they weren't held accountable. Um, expect that you and your therapist are going to set goals. Now, th this is the most important one because I've, I've seen it. And there's a whole approach that's that's come up in the last 40 or 50 years. And it was it was Carl Rogers. And we did a whole episode on Carl Rogers and his approach to therapy. Gosh, months. Well, let's look back in the archives. It's there somewhere. His approach, other than um, other more technical type therapy settings, Carl Rogers' approach was called client-centered, where we take into account the person and their feelings and their experiences and kind of make it very individualized. I think that some therapists, and I've seen it in the past, they've taken this to a bit of an extreme where they think it's client-centered. I can just chat with a client for an hour and we're good. But but nothing's ever, there, there are no goals set. There, there's nothing to measure progress. So it's very important and you need to expect that you and your therapist are going to set goals for you. Like, what do you want to achieve? Even if it's a self-measurement type tool, like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best and one being the worst, I feel like with my depression, I feel like I'm at a four. So we want to set a goal and say, well, we want to have you consistently at an eight over like a three month period to show that we've gotten somewhere. We've made progress. We've, we've met your goals that you have. So expect that you'll set goals in therapy. And if they, if you don't, you need to ask your therapist to do that with you. Cause I think it's an important measurement tool. So we, we, Mentioned this a little bit earlier in passing, but this is another big one. Expect your therapist to set solid boundaries. A good therapist will set boundaries with you. Now, and I don't say this in a mean way, but your therapist is not your friend. They, they're not available anytime, day or night. Um, it shouldn't be a dependent relationship. And that's the big thing I want to set out here. You shouldn't be dependent on your therapist. They should be teaching you independence. And, and if a therapist is fostering dependence, that's somebody you probably don't want to see. And I would say make a different choice, change therapist. That's not a good situation to be in. So view your therapist, again, as a guide, somebody that's going to help you. And it is a relationship, but, it, but it's, not, it's not friends. It's not somebody who you can just call at any time. There are definite boundaries that should be set. So expect that when you go into therapy. So those are the expectations you should have. As far as therapy goes, what we're going to do is we're going to carry this over into our next episode and we're going to talk about, so you know what the expectations are. Now, how can you be a good client? How can you go into therapy and be the best client that you can be? And, I, and I'll get into some, like from the therapist side of things, what, 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 the, what are some thoughts sometimes with clients, which will be interesting. Because um, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're aware, Jamie, of of that the site online is called Quora. Okay, yeah. They, they ask questions. Yeah, and, oh, and yeah. I, I, I have a, I just have reminders on my email because a lot of people will ask therapy related questions, oh, and I'll and I'll jump in everyone now and then. But uh, there's always questions like, does my therapist think of me when they're at home, or does <laughs> um, does my therapist care if I'm I don't know, just just questions that people have. And, and as a therapist, I think, oh, yeah, I guess they would wonder that. Yeah. 
But I'm going to tell you next episode how you can be a good client. What are the things that you can do that's going to make working with a therapist so much more beneficial? Because there are some definitely things that you shouldn't do, mm-hmm. and we'll cover some of those as well. But camping, I'm going to tell camping you, out on the front lawn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, not, you know, knocking on your front door on a Sunday night or something, oh, you know. Yeah, that, that would not be good. So, yeah, I'm, uh, next episode, how to be a good therapy client. So tune in for that. In the meantime, folks, change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. We'll see you next time. Uh, Facebook Live people, stick around. We'll be right back.